0: Welcome to Radar Contact, the air traffic management podcast by FOX ATM. Welcome to one more episode of Radar Contact. For this episode, we will talk about a specific part of ATC training, which is ATC simulation. And for that, uh, my guest today is uh, Kjell Arn Kampen, who is Principal Engineer at Ada Systems in Norway. Michel, welcome to Radar Contact. Can you please introduce you briefly, and then we can deep into the subjects.
1: Thank you very much. I am from computer science education.
0: Uh, I worked with ATM from 1990. Who is EDA Systems then? Are you a private company? Or are you part of an N.S.P.? Are you a spin-off? Or where does the company come from? Edal Systems is a Norwegian
1: company, started in 2005, uh, based on long experience from the Norwegian ANSP, which earlier also included the authorities function. So yeah, you can say it's a company spin-off for
0: specializing. How was the transition for you personally, if I may ask, from an ANSP to a private company? I, I like it. You can decide more yourself you can make your own decisions much easier and quicker. So, EDA Systems is is offering ATC simulators and there is a a big range of that, going from tower simulation to center simulation, which are different. Uh, Which part of the spectrum do you cover with your products?
1: Well, we, we cover all of it. What we like the most is to create solutions to customer challenges. Most often it ends up as a simulator system with a certain architecture and features. We combine some key factors in our company to make such a solution where four of the main key factors are competence in aviation, deep and wide, both from ATC side and from the pilot side. So from flight plan processing and radar processing, airspace design and so on, on the ATC side to instrument landings and lift and drag and so on on the aircraft side. So all of this is important in simulations and combined with the university educations and long experience in physics and computer science and map sciences and so on. And this again combined with the efficient development environment for software which is really important. In simulations, you don't have all those safety requirements, so it makes it a lot more efficient. And also, we have a certified quality management system, so we keep strict control, configuration management, and so on. So by combining these factors, that's formal education, domain expertise, and production environment, and quality management, and we can provide solutions to customer
0: challenges, surprisingly fast and accurate. It's it's really nice to see that training and simulation is a bit more relaxed than than operational systems in terms of of certification and regulation. Do you also include some some third-party products, like for example, the display engine for the 3D, or is everything developed in-house? It is all in-house, everything. Wow, really nice. So, so even the physics of flights and everything is, is in-house. Yeah, we
1: have a masters in
0: physics and masters
1: in, in map sciences and all that. So so
0: yeah, we, we do everything internally. That's really nice. So lately you communicated a bit on remote training concepts and this collided with with COVID. Was it created specifically for COVID to make remote training possible or was something that ADA systems had on the plan, even before the pandemic? This was not uh, created for COVID. It's
1: not really remote training, it's remote operations in general, uh, which was implicitly a part of the fundamental system design from the beginning. It uh, turns out it's very good for COVID mitigations, but uh, also for efficient use of specialist personnel working at different places and That was the initial idea behind it.
0: So when you say remote operations, so that means taking the controllers away from from a center or from from a tower, do you mean you will go in in remote towers as well? Yeah we we do
1: uh, work with the remote towers, but remote operations I, I don't mean I, I don't mean uh, operational traffic control but I mean is not just the training, the piloting and the training, but it's system management and creation of exercises and uh, all kinds of use of the simulator can be distributed to anywhere. You you are not bound by physical premises in a room or something. Mm-hmm.
0: So all aspects of uh,
1: all aspects of the of the operations can simulator operations that is. Can be performed at the same time
0: and regardless of location in the world was that a request from some customers of yours or is it an idea that you brought and you had to to convince your customers they were that that was interesting
1: i'm not sure how much we needed to convince it was more like the option was
0: there and they saw the benefit and
1: then uh, it has been used quite a bit and and it's really popular also you can you can work from home office and or uh, permanently installed uh, working positions anywhere. Basically, we we tested it also from, for instance, from a hotel room in Greece,
0: and it uh, works perfectly on a laptop. That, that's interesting. We had an article a few years ago about that. That was on ATM in, in home office, and one of the aspects we we shown up was that technology is okay, is ready, but sometimes the human factors, you know, the need to sit behind or beside your colleague or to sit beside the trainee when you're a coach, it's still important to do that in person. Do you think technology can completely overcome that? I think
1: for for simulations, uh, it's not the problem because there is no safety involved. So you can save a a lot of money and so on but but for operational work i think it's a challenge because you need all these redundant capabilities and you are sensitive to even small dropouts and so on so it's popular and it has been for quite some time to say that we could run traffic control from basically anywhere i still think there's safety challenges
0: connected to that Yes, certainly. So when you look at a simulation system, it's quite a complex thing made of different components. And I've seen you have, for example, you have a VCS simulator separately, you have a data generator. Are these things totally integrated with each other? Or could you imagine providing some parts of it to to other NSPs that just need a subpart for their own platforms?
1: Yeah, well, the, the key part is that uh... Even though it's a simulator, it, it runs on the operational data formats. So for instance, the voice communication system, it can run standalone or it can be integrated part of complete simulator, for example, to allow integrated playback of voice and data, like Lego, for instance, Lego pieces. We have delivered VCS to all simulators and also standalone VCS in addition for simulations. And secondly, the test data generator. Since the software is based on real-life data formats used for surveillance, flight plans, and so on, the data produced in the simulator can feed another system. For example, a copy of an operational system. And this has been delivered to customers for training on their operational system. So then you get the exact same functionality. But this exact same setup could be used as test for operational software releases or similar. And hence the name test data generated. But this is still just a way to piece together software Lego. So in this case, the... Custom operational system would be one of the new pieces. And thirdly, you talked about Airspace Planner. This is also sold to customers, but it's mainly used internally to produce airspace and airport data models for simulator system deliveries or
0: upgrades. Historically, ADA Systems worked a lot with Avino and I imagine now you extended your, your portfolio of customers. I can imagine you cannot say a lot on that but the question i'd like to ask is to know how different it is because now we see organizations that are doing atc training without being an ansp i mean for example people like like gate or like entry point north that are not ansps but let's say atc academies do these kind of customers have different needs and different requests compared to what ansps normally want or is it like a customer like, like each other for you?
1: Well, it's uh, much the same. I would say private training center would possibly need generic airspace to train on, possibly also a custom-made or a customer airspace from the people that they are training, whereas an ANSP would normally need the data models for their internal airspace and airports, That's basically the main difference, I would say. Otherwise, it's uh, in-house or outsourced uh, training. For us, it's uh, much the same. We also delivered to, for instance, the Hong Kong Polytechnic University for for, uh, standard
0: university
1: training in in ATAC
0: technologies you spoke about customization, which obviously is an important part of simulation because you want to be as close as possible to the real thing. But here, I think we need to distinguish between two stages. At first trainees learn to become an air traffic controller and there you can work with a generic airspace and and generic systems. But then when you get site qualifications, you need to be really close to reality. So you need the real airspace and you need to, replicate or integrate the real ATM systems and this is from my experience this is one of the biggest challenges and I know two approaches here you can replicate the design and the look and feel of the system with the simulator or you can have a copy of the real system that interacts with the simulator do you support both or do you have a preferred one or do you think they're equivalent
1: yes we support we support both we we have uh, delivered generic airspace for, as you say, generic training. Also, we have delivered specific airspace and controllers can go directly from the simulator to the operational environment without anything between. So they go by themselves at work first hour straight from the simulator. So that's also possible. We have uh, delivered also the test data generator where we produce data similar to what you see from uh, live radar from, from flight plans and messages running on the operational networks and fed that into operational systems so that they can train with the exact same user interfaces as they have in operations. We do that
0: too. Really nice. So it looks like you cover a broad spectrum of needs and obviously you've got a recent contract with Avinor. Can you tell us a bit more about what is going on there?
1: Avinor went operational with remote towers for almost uh, three years ago and has the world's largest remote tower center. So our simulator delivery will be operational just after summer holidays this year with cloud computing and remote operations it's already supporting the exact functionalities of their operational systems using even the same hardware. So soon Avinor will, as only NSP in the world, will move on to multi-mode operations, where one controller is responsible for more than one airport at the same time, from one working position. And the ECoach simulator will again work exactly the same both regarding system functions and voice communication solutions. And uh, both for the training and for the authorization purposes, it is important that user interfaces are exactly the same on the operational system and in the simulator, which is the case.
0: That that sounds really nice, and I'd love to have a look at that travel permitting and now I'd like to be a bit nosy, and I am hope I'm not pushing the thing too far, but you are keeping developing and doing research on your, on your systems. Can you tell us a bit what kind of R&D is, is running at the moment at EDA Systems, if it's not too secret? We have worked with uh, master students in, in some areas, for instance,
1: eye tracking. So you can see where the controller is using his uh, eyes and also speech recognition and things like that. But for the most part, uh, we work with continuously implementing improvements in the customer's lifecycle cost aspects in various views and available simulator usage
0: areas and so on, mainly based on customer feedbacks. You mentioned voice recognition, which actually is a hot topic in, in simulation. Because it's potentially opening the door to autonomous training, which means that it could be that with good voice recognition, you no longer need a setup where you have the trainer, the trainee, and the pseudo pilots, but that the trainees could be in position to do some exercise themselves. Are you there already, or is it something in the future for you? Well, we do have uh, pieces that work, but
1: it's not commercialized all the way, but regular commercial speech recognition is is moving fast so still it needs to
0: be very perfect it's a hot topic indeed and i i totally understand that you are working on that but it's it's not clear yet if it will be if it will be the way or not
1: no well it's it it, it takes uh, takes uh, quite a bit of effort to to make it Perfect to put it that way, and the commercials, uh, Microsoft and so on, are moving fast in these areas. So it's a matter of picking the right moment to integrate it. We have some working pieces, or, and it is actually working, but we 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 haven't really sold it as a commercial product yet. It's more for research.
0: Yeah, I think the keywords that in what you said is perfect. Because it's true, you don't want an exercise with a lot of controllers and simulators and, and resources being stopped or, or disturbed by bad voice recognition. I mean, if, if Siri does not re- reply as well, that's okay. But in an ATM context, you probably need a bit more and, and you need to, to be closer to perfection. Right.
1: Because in early training, Arbinitio and so on, you can... You can sit there and work with it as a video game or something. And if something goes wrong, it's not a catastrophe. If, but if you run a major training scenario with a lot of uh, participants and you miss the recognition and it passes the point in time where the hot things are happening, then you basically mess up the whole uh, exercise which is not popular at all. So it ne- really needs to work very, very good before you can use it in advanced. Also, we have experience with air traffic controllers that are experienced. They, the phraseology might have possibilities. I'm, I'm sure they understand each other because they implicitly know what is being said, but for a computer, it needs maybe a, a bit clearer than that. So
0: that might, might be a problem too. No, that's true. And even if simulation does not have the, the safety relevance of free operation, there are still a lot of resources. I mean, when you have a room full of trainees and trainers, you don't want to, to have the system slow down the training for sure.
1: And you don't want to mess up the schedule because someone is waiting outside the door to come in and do more training and so on. So... It it needs to work very well. And so it's important to balance the anticipation and what's actually
0: feasible in real life. Yeah, that's really true. Now, with all your experience in simulation and physics and ATC and ATM, did you ever thought of applying this knowledge to to other domain and and go to other industries like driving simulation, train simulation? What do I know? Or will Ada systems always remain? an ATC simulation company? You know, you
1: you follow the direction of your nose, and if you point the nose in too many directions, you get confused. So uh, I think it's uh, best to stay in one area. But we have done some consultancies, but that's more on traditional, say, software development or routines for safety and, and so on. So... We have been working with the consultancies for oil and for defense and so on, but but that's uh, that was more in the early days when we didn't have a sellable product yet, and so we offered some consulting back then. But now it's, uh, it's ATC and it's, uh,
0: it's a lot of things to work with in the ATM domain. There is a lot to do, and and it's good to stay focused on on your topics, uh, indeed. Now to to wrap up, uh, I'd like to ask you our standards uh, signature question. Where do you see ATM, and specifically ATM simulation, in five years from now, but to open a lot of doors to Fantasies also in 50 years from now, when we will both be retired, I guess? That is a, a really interesting question, because I
1: think it will depend largely on the customers because there's there's a shift, I think, these days. Up to now, focus has been on traditional training, which is basically the focus on this interview. But with the standard technologies available in the later years, the pricing for simulations is extremely low compared to earlier, and the usability is incredible. So beyond traditional training, for example, In large and costly ATM projects like a new airport or operations, it can benefit a lot from early simulations for risk reductions in a range of areas, including the obvious time and cost, but also safety and quality and much more. And also existing operations can be optimized with the help of uh, simulations. So I think this would benefit economy and safety and the environment and a lot more so my hope is that this will be reality say in 5 years rather than in 50 years a simulator is uh, really flexible and can be applied to to a lot of areas inside ATM beside training so I think that is uh, really valuable for early early simulations that you have good ideas uh, in your project before you start the real money consuming work and it also serves internal communication in projects and so on and can be a major benefit and i'm not sure if it's well known that compared to project cost it's it's really
0: ne- negligible Yeah, there are certainly many ways that simulation can contribute to to air traffic management and not only for training, but for for other project purposes. Shell, thank you very much for taking the time to to speak with us today about EDA systems and all your projects. Thank you very much and talk soon. Thank you too. Bye-bye. This was Radar Contact. Visit foxatm.com or your favorite podcast platform for more.